to the smooth jazz podcast we are back first episode of 2019 so this episode is gonna be a great episode y'all we are going to do a, a pre- we are going to wrap up we're gonna do a year-end review of 2019 it's been some great boxing this year it's been some big biggest miss couple big upsets we're gonna talk about that it's been a couple huge knockouts it is going to be it's been some really good fights going on, and we're, we're going to talk about some fights that are going to happen later this year. So, uh, Rockwood, appreciate everything. Once again, you can hit us up at Smooth Jab Pod on Twitter. Send us an email at smoothjabpodcast at gmail.com. Do me a favor, rate, review, and share the show. So, let's get to it. So, first, we're going to talk quite the biggest story in boxing this year. Also, the biggest upset is Andy Ruiz knocking out Anthony Joshua. Now, Listen, before we, before we get into this, I am not one of these people who thought, oh, Anthony Ruiz, Andy Ruiz had a chance. Now, I've seen Andy Ruiz fight. I saw him fight his last fight uh, against the big year, six foot, like seven European guy. And I saw him fight against Joseph Parker. But I honestly didn't think he would be able to have a chance at Anthony Joshua. I thought it would maybe go seven, eight rounds and Joshua will go ahead and knock him out. And I kind of had that feeling early in the fight when uh, Ruiz was knocked down when um, – Joshua hit him with a huge, uh, I believe it was a left hook, if I'm not mistaken. He knocked Ruiz down, and I said, oh, okay, this is a wrap. But Ruiz surprised me, got up, and knocked Joshua down. Hit him on the shot. I think it was either above the ear or on the ear of the temple shot. Anyway, discombobulated him. His equilibrium was off the rest of the fight. And from then on, Andy Ruiz, he fought, he made Anthony Joshua fight on the back foot. Now, on the back foot is when, you know, you're the taller guy. Most taller guys, they like to fight coming forward, fight behind the jab. But in this fight, Andy Ruiz, who was a shorter guy, I think Andy Ruiz is like 6'2", kind of portly looking, but was in fantastic shape. I think he was in better cardio shape than Anthony Joshua. He just he just landed a lot of shots. And every time Anthony Joshua will swing, Andy Ruiz, for a big guy, he does have really fast hands. He was swinging with them, and he was connecting. And I think it was throwing Anthony Joshua off. Anthony Joshua has been hurt before in fights. You know, he got knocked down versus including the Klitschko fight. And eventually, you know, I think he got knocked down four times. It didn't seem like he really wanted anything. And there was rumors after the fight that, you know, he had a panic attack or he was knocked out and sparring or whatever. I'm not going to really discuss that because I don't know. But I am going to talk about the things I do know watching the fight. And this fight was actually on the zone. During the fight, Anthony Joshua was six 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 seven. He's a big guy. You know, he has everything that you want in the modern heavyweight. He's big. He's tall. He can punch. You know, he has a you know, big physique. But he does not fight behind his jab. Now, you know, if you look at the great big heavyweights over the last, you know, 25 years, you look at Lennox Lewis and the Klitschko brothers. And, you know, the common theme was between Vladimir and Lennox, they both had Emmanuel Stewart. Now, Emmanuel Stewart has passed away, but they were big guys that fought behind that jab. And if you were going to try to fight those guys, you were going to have to go through fire and brimstone of hitting, getting hit with a left jab all night, or throw a straight right hand. And in Lennox's case, Lennox would also throw a sneaky left hook, which he knocked out a Haseem Rockman with. 
So for that's one of the reasons why Anthony Joshua, I don't understand. He fights, he's a six foot six guy who fights like a little guy. And in boxing, that's you have to use your best attributes. And if you have that type of, you know, wingspan and length, you should be fighting behind that jab. And not just like a touch jab, like a power jab. He should be snapping guys' heads back with that jab. And I don't understand. I don't know if it's a if it's a coaching issue or what. Now I've heard a few, you know, insiders say that maybe he should train leave his trainer, Robert McCracken, I believe that's his name, or he should, you know, and go with someone else, maybe another trainer. But my thing is this. If he's not dedicated to fighting as a big man, fighting behind the jab, I mean, this is a mentality thing. And this, this he played with fire and got burned, he's going to have the same issues. Now, one thing about Anthony Joshua, I want to see, is he Lennox Lewis? Now, I say that because Lennox Lewis, not because they both, you know, spent time in Britain. I say that because Lennox Lewis was knocked out twice. And he came back and he knocked out both the guys who knocked him out. He knocked them out in the rematch. Oliver McCall got hit with a huge right hand. You know, he was and he was knocked out. Seeing Rockman, same thing. But Lennox came back. He seemed pissed off. And he knocked both those guys out. Then the Oliver McCall fight, he, my man had like a breakdown in the fight. But he was Lennox was throwing bombs on him. So it was going to end eventually because, you know, no trainer's going to let this guy take that type of punishment. But even the Hussein Rockman fight, Lennox seemed like he just – he hit him with one of my favorite combinations of all time. He hit him with like the right hand and the left hook. And that left hook – uh, he just, it made him like, he gave Hussein Rockman like the Joker face. Like, are you seeing his lip curl up? And he was on the ground, and you just, you seen like the blood come from the side of his mouth. So that was a hell of a knockout. So it'll be interesting if, An- if Anthony Joshua takes that same role as Lenny Lewis in the, in the rematch against uh, Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz has all the confidence in the world because, hey, he took his best shot and got up from, got up from the canvas, and it wasn't like a contested victory. He won the fight. So Andy Ruiz is going to come in with a lot of confidence. You know, it was also Anthony Joshua's first fight in the state, so social media was on his ass. And I ain't going to lie, I was making a lot of jokes about it too because, you know, some of our British fans, they can be a little annoying. So this is, you know, tripped out to see your first time fighting in the States on, on, a, on a huge stage and, you know, you get knocked out by not even the first guy you're supposed to fight. The first guy you're supposed to fight has been Jarrell Miller. But Jarrell Miller got popped for the PED, so Andy Ruiz was the second guy. And he ended up getting, you know, getting the victory. So it'll be interesting to see going forward how Anthony Joshua's career and Andy Ruiz. Because if Andy Ruiz wins the fight, oh, man, he's opened Pandora's box to get all the money. Now, if Anthony Joshua wins, then do they want to fight a third time or do they just want to go their separate ways? So it'll be interesting. I can't wait for that fight. I'm hoping they fight in the States. And I love, you know, watching fights in, you know, London and in Britain. And they're fighting, you know, they're fighting like 80,000 people. But something about fighting in the state, fighting at night, the biggest stage. So hopefully if I was Anthony Joshua, I'd want to fight him in the States. That way I can eradicate that loss, get him out of there, and then, you know, tell them I'm the real world champ. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that fight unfolds. To me, that was the biggest upset. That's the smooth jab, biggest upset of 2019 so far. And I really don't think it's going to be a bigger upset than that, but you never know. All right. So let's get to fight of the year. And this was uh, Jared Hurd, who was the champion. He had the IBF the WBA, and I think the IBO belt versus Julian J. Rock Williams. Now, Hurd had been, he had been on a roll, on a roll. He beat Tony. He knocked out Tony Harrison, who ended up you know, beating, uh, beating Charlo. He'd, uh, he knocked out Austin Trout, and he uh, beat Arizona Land, uh, Laura in a hell of a fight to become the champ. But then, you know, I seen J. Rock, he had been knocked out by, by Charlo. And, you know, yeah, there, there it is. So, you know, his first, you know, his first title, 
Shadi was knocked out. And then when I saw him, saw him fight, uh, I think Nathaniel Gallimore, I think that was his name. He won a majority decision, but I just didn't – I wasn't impressed. I don't know if J-Rock was dealing with an injury or what. But I just wasn't impressed. I was like, oh, this guy, he fights hurt. He's going to get killed. And I was wrong. Super wrong. I saw J-Rock. He looked stronger, slicker, and faster. And he beat Hurd at his own game. Because usually Hurd's the type of guy that, you know, he gets hit early. Then, like, at, you know, five, six rounds coming, he's coming like a freight train at the end. He's overwhelming you because he's hitting those body shots. And he's a big guy. Hurd is one of the biggest 154 pounds I've ever seen. I don't honestly know how he makes 154. He's just a big guy. So, for him to make 154 is a miracle. But... There's a butt. That's why they fight. And J-Rock fought his ass off. Knocked her down in the second round. You know, beat him up inside. And he just seemed like he just had more, you know, more on the gas pedal. And before the fight, uh, you know, J-Rock's trainer, Stephen Breadman Edwards. I like Breadman. I read his articles. I think he's on Boxing Scene. I follow him on Twitter. I think he's a really good follow. He's very insightful. And he said, you know, her when J-Rock was going to win the fight. And I was like, you know, this is trainer speak. You know, all trainers are going to say that before the fight. But I was wrong. So I am like, super, super excited about this. was a hell of a fight. And even after taking an ass whooping, her kept coming. He fought like a true champ, and he didn't, like, make any excuses. And he was fighting at home. You know, he just said, hey, he lost. The better man won. And I give I'm much pride. Those two warriors, and they left it all in the ring that fight. And I'm just – I was just happy to be able to see a great fight like that. So 154, it has some monsters. So you got J-Rock, who's a champ. You know, you got Tony Harrison, who's a champ. You got Jaime Munguia. He's on Golden Boy. I think he's a WBO champ. You had Hurd and Charlo. So you had five guys and four belts. And I kind of exclude Munguia because, you know, Munguia's on the Golden Boy who fight on the zone. All the rest of you guys are PBC fighters. So there's some really, really exciting fights that can happen. Like I said before, Hurd beat, beat Tony Harrison. And Tony Harrison beat Charlo. You know, then, you know, sit back and one of the Charlos beat J-Rock. So it's all these different these different guys that have been in the mix of, uh, of 154. So I'm really excited about that. And another division that I'm super, super excited for is the 140. This has the potential to have, like, a become a, create a superstar. So the top four fighters in the division all have one belt, and they're all fighting one another. And the biggest fight is the Regis Prograce versus Josh Taylor. That's going to be for World Boxing Super Series. Those are, to me, probably, you know, and probably amongst others, the top two guys in the division. Regis Prograce is just getting better and better. Now, first thing, he's taking a lot of shots, but he's powerful. He's quick. And, you know, he has, a, like, a kind of herky-jerky style, but he's a fan-friendly style. And I just can't wait to see him and Josh Taylor fight. I think that's going to be a hell of a fight. That's gonna, that, if they make this right for this World Boxing Super Series, that could be like a potential super fight and become have a superstar come out of that division. But I just hope they don't, like, have them fight at some random time in some random country. I don't think Regis Progress should be able to fight at home. I don't think Josh Taylor should be able to fight at home. That's a fight that should be in New York City or, or, or Vegas. That's a big-time fight. And in the, in the, behind the right promotion, that can create a superstar out of that fight. And the next fight between there is between Maurice Hooker, who's a WBO champ, and I think uh, Jose Ramirez. I think he's a WBC or WBA champ. You know, they, they're going to fight July 27th. That's going to be a hell of a fight. You got Ramirez, he's a body puncher. Maurice Hooker has that big right hand. He's a huge 140-pounder. So, you know, you have all these guys. So, eventually, you can, out of, you know, out of these fights, all of these guys have the potential 
to be able to have a unified champ. It's like when Terrence uh, Bud Crawford was a unified champ at 140. So that's super, super exciting. So let's, let's kind of transition. Let's talk about our, my favorite prospects of 2019. And first, I'm going to have to go Tiafimo Lopez. Tiafimo Lopez, he fights a lightweight, I believe, right now. But I think he's a guy that could go up to 140. And he's been calling out Lomachenko. Now, he's not ready for Lomachenko yet, but he's on top rank. And we could talk about top rank to the cows come home of their ability to be able to get a prospect from, you know, become the amateur to prospect to contender to champ to superstar. And you say, you know, like, who have they had? They've had Oscar De La Hoya. They've had Floyd Mayweather. They've had Sugar Ray Leonard. Those are three of the best boxing superstars of all time. And they've had them on top rank. And those guys have been, you know, he had a couple gold medal winners and Sugar Ray Leonard and Oscar De La Hoya. He had Floyd Mayweather won the bronze. And they took Olympians to become superstars. So Tiafomo Lopez is on, the, he is on the right track to become a superstar because top rank, they're going to know when to push him and when to hold off and, and when to really get him to, you know, become a contender. I mean, actually, he's a contender now, moved up from prospect to become a champion. So that's going to be really, really interesting. He's, a, he's exciting. He hits hard. He knocks guys out. So I'm really excited to see where his career is, what we'll be talking about next year if he, if he proceeded to become champion. So Richard Comney, he just fought on uh, the Tom Break show against uh, Beltran a while ago, like, uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. So that might be a fight in his future. So Comey's a big guy at 135, and he hits very hard. So it'll be interesting to see how, how Top Rank, how they try to move, how they try to move him, you know, be, you know as far as contender to champ. My next prospect, another guy signed as top rank, and that's Shakira Stevenson. Shakira Stevenson's a lefty, hits hard, but he's also he's super slick. When I first watched Shakira, he was still kind of fighting the amateur style, but as he's mature, getting his man strength, he's sitting down on his punches now, and he's he's whipping out that right hook, and he's he's getting guys out of there. So I know he was supposed to. This is his third different opponent. He's supposed to. He is fighting in Newark. Shout out to Jers this weekend. So he's going to be be back in Jers fighting. You know fighting to get in this fight. So he's, he says he wants all the smoke. I know he said he was talking, looking at Gary Russell. I don't think he's ready for Gary Russell yet. I think he just, you know, he has to pump the brakes a little bit. I know he signed uh, a management contract with Andre Ward and uh, Jay Prince, and he's also pretty promoted by top rank. So between, between that combo, I definitely think that they're going to move young Shakur, you know, right up the ranks to become from contender, from prospect to contender to eventual champion. And I like to see him and Michael Conlon fight. You know, Michael Conlon was a – He's a guy who was fought in the 2016 Olympics for Ireland, and they were fighting around the same weight division. So I would love to see them two eventually have a crossroads fight and, you know, definitely fight. I think that'd be a great thing, especially on the East Coast. Put him in Madison Square Garden. You have a, you have a lot of Irish people on the East Coast. You have Shakur's from North. So I think that'd be a hell of a fight and a hell of an event. So next, my third big prospect is Devin Haney. I like Devin Haney. I used to start watching Devin Haney on Showbox. And Showbox, you know, I watched him. I was like, oh, man, this kid is good. I know he went pro, I think, at like 17, fighting Mexico. He didn't want to fight in the, in the amateurs, in the Olympics, because now in the Olympics, you don't, you don't wear headgear. There's no use to get punched in the head for free. We can get punched in the head for money. So now, you know, Devin has moved on to the zone with Eddie Hearn. So I know he has a title eliminator coming up in September, I believe. So these are three of the guys I really, really see big things for in the sport of boxing. So next, we're going to transition to our knockout of the year. And I know there's been some big shots. I know Devin Haney had a huge knockout. But my personal favorite 
was uh, Deontay Wilder against Dominique Brazil. Now, these guys, they had been having some issues before a while. I know, I think there was an incident in a hotel room, not a hotel room, in a hotel, and they just didn't really generally like each other. And the first round came out, and Deontay hit him with a big shot. Well, Brazil came back and stunned Deontay, hit him with a nice little shot, and then Brazil walked into a huge right hand. And as soon as, he, as, soon as the punch landed, he was out. And, you know, just to see Deontay knock a big man like that. Because Deontay's a big man. He's 6'7", but he's not – he's not no more than 220. Brazil's a big guy. He's coming in like 250, 260. And he felt like a sack of potatoes. So, to me, that was the knockout of the year. You know, they, they were able to, you know, get all that bad blood out and be done with it. So, it's always a blessing when guys can – no issues after the fight. They can, they can shake on them like men and go about their day. So, to me, that was my smooth jab favorite knockout of the year. So let's transition to realistic fights I want to see in 2019. So the biggest thing is I want to see Canelo and Triple G in September. Now, I'm not going to lie. The first Triple G-Canelo fight, I thought Canelo lost the fight. I think Triple G won 7-5. And so I don't even think why it was – I know it was a lot of – the scoring was messed up. He scored it as a draw, but I don't – I think Triple G won the fight. Now, the second fight, it was close, but I think Canelo won. I think Canelo backed him up, hit him with some shots, and, you know, I mean, and the narrative was already set because Triple G said, hey, let's fight Mexican style. But the Mexican style was changed up because Canelo made him fight on the back foot. And I'm sure that was in the judge's back of their mind. And I honestly think the third fight, I think that Canelo, he's tasted that power. I don't think he could stop Triple G because Triple G has a chin. But I definitely think he could dominate 8-4 or something like that. You know, Triple G, Canelo's younger. You know, he's faster. His defense is really good. And Triple G's not, you know, he's got a new trainer. Uh, but I'm not sure that he can just, you know, age defeats all of us, and I do not think he can be Canelo unless he lands something huge and is able to, to knock Canelo out. So that's like some of the big fights I want to see. Another fight I would love to see, and this is a fight between Gary Russell Jr. and Leo Santa Cruz. Now, they've been talking and talking for I don't know how long. Neither one of them have a fight available. Here it is. This They could unify the, the, the belt. And, and, and I would love to see it. You have, you know, the fast guy, Gary Russell. You have the bigger guy, Leo Santa Cruz. I think that would be a hell of a fight. And I think that will really, you know, test how good Leo Gary Russell Jr. is. I know he fought Lomachenko and he just beat up. I mean, Lomachenko was on a whole nother level. But I really would want to see that fight. So, neither one of them have anything in store. I think that would be – I think the winner would definitely be the best guy at 126. And that's something I'm really excited to see. So, Another, though, my last fight, because I'm not talking about fights like, of course, we all want to see Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford, but they're on two different sides of the street, and more than likely, we're not going to see that fight. I know we're not going to see it in 2019, because Earl Spence is going to be fighting Sean Porter in September, so, I mean, that's not going to happen, but, and I'm not going to talk about Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, because they both have, you know, Wilder's going to be fighting Luis Ortiz in a rematch, and Anthony Joshua's going to be fighting, uh, and Ruiz in a rematch. And then Tyson Fury is going to be fighting, I think, Deontay if he wins in 2020. So he's kind of just on, on the outside looking in. But another fight I would love to see, and it's probably not going to happen because they're on separate sides of the street, but they've been talking cash shit to each other for I don't know how long. And that's Tank Davis, and that's Tevin Farmer. This is Baltimore and Philly. Bro, I want to see this fight because they've been talking to each other for so damn long. And I just want to see him fight. I don't care who wins because that's not my thing. I consider when it comes to this podcast, I'll tell you who I think is going to win, but I'm not going to tell you that now. But I, I consider myself, I, I'm a fan, but 
I don't have any, I don't know either one of these. Like, I don't have a yearn for either one of them. I just want to see them fight. And because they've been talking for so long. So that's the three facts I want to see. Of course, the other I'm just kind of not talking about fights that aren't going to happen because of, you know, contracts, business, and all that type of stuff. And lastly, and we're not going to do a smooth, actually, we are going to do a smooth jab. In a couple weeks, we will be at the Indiana Black Expo for amateur boxing. So I'm really excited about that. So on Saturday from 1 to 4, come holler at your boy. You have to come shake it up with me. I'll be, hopefully have the opportunity to, you know, talk to the fighters and the trainers. So it'll be, it'll be dope. But right now, I'm going to do a, a preview for the Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman fight. And they fight on July 20th, I believe, whatever that Saturday is. And this is going to be a hell of a fight. You know, you got Manny. Manny's done it all. I think he's won belts in seven, eight different weight classes. You know what I mean? Manny, I've seen Manny go on a run that few boxes have ever gone. He was knocking out huge guys. Like the way he knocked out Miguel Cotto or Ricky Hatton. And, you know, I remember Manny had that – he's had that pit stop at 135 and – his wars, you know, that he had with uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, and Manny's one of the greatest fighters to ever do it. And then gets Keith Thurman, a young guy. Keith Thurman, I think, is 30. He's had some injuries, and he's been been a little vulnerable. But in this fight, I'm going to have to go with Manny. I don't know. It's going to be interesting when Manny lands, and Keith Thurman's been hurting a few fights, and he's got on his horse, and he's kind of – he hasn't – he's not been the type of guy that took a shot recently and fought back now he fought a hell of a fight against Danny Garcia and against Sean Porter and those are two solid solid welterweights but against Manny if he gets on his uh if he gets on his bike after getting hurt it's gonna be he's not gonna win the fight he is gonna have to bite down and make Manny respect him early and often and sit down on his punches he's gonna have to go back to truly being one time there was a time when one time was trying to get guys out of there and he's got no you know he's got a little bit more cautious to get any type of decision against a great fighter like Pacquiao, you're going to have to really, really, you're going to have to hurt him. And I think that he's going to have to step on the gas. And I don't know if Keith Thurman has that in him. It's like he's been become a changed man since he got married. And that's not a shot unless it's my observation of me watching him fight. But I think Manny's going to win a close decision. I think Keith's going to have his moments. But if it's a close decision, I'm going, I'm, I'm going with the bigger fighter. And I think Manny's going to win a split decision unless Keith just fights a different type of way. I just – I don't see it. I see Manny, you know, using those – throwing those combinations. He's a southpaw. Manny still hits very, very hard. The punching power is still there. His footwork is still good. And I don't know if, if Keith has enough to keep him off of him. I don't think he can stop. He's going to stop Keith. But I really don't know if Keith has that – if he has the wherewithal to really dig in and take that punishment and give it back out. And if it's any close fight, they're going to get a fight to pack out. So, that is the end of the Smooth Jab Podcast 2019 half-year review. So, please follow us on Twitter at Smooth Jab Pod. Send us an email, smoothjabpodcast.gmail.com. Yo, remember to rate, review, and share the show. We are doing this independent. You know, this is another brother show of the Grown Man-ish Podcast, Pod Print Network. So, we're doing definitely big things in 2019. We're really excited about all the things we have going on. So just, you know, continue. If you have any, you know, suggestions, usually we like to talk about an older fight, but since we want to do the 2019, you know, kind of half-year review, we did not. So on our next one, we'll do like a, uh, after the episode, after we do the amateur boxing, we will sit back and we will have some different, uh, try to talk about some older fights and talk about, you know, the winner of the uh, Thurman Pacquiao fight. And, and maybe we'll do like a preview of the, uh, 
of the upcoming fight at one four at one four to Maurice Hooker and Jose Ramirez. So I'm your host, Mike J. Appreciate y'all rocking with us, and we'll holler at y'all. Peace.